Stay tuned for the Cannabis Hour coming up next. You're tuned to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Streaming live at KZYX.org. Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Barry Peterson, You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. Right. You're saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreational... It's no wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect doping yourself up with this wrong stuff? What do you know about pot? Good morning. It's Thursday, October 29th. You are listening to The Cannabis Hour, a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. I'm your host, Jen Prakachi. And joining me today is Pia Barton, owner and operator of Malaya Botanicals, a line of premium CBD products. Pia, are you here with us? I'm here. Hi, Jen. Hi, Pia. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like to kick off our time together by asking you something that I ask all my guests at the beginning of our time together, and that is... What is your personal relationship to cannabis? Well, prior to getting into the industry um, over five years ago, I didn't have any um, just because, you know, being a Filipino descent, um, a deacon's daughter, very strict family. Um, I've always been taught that um, cannabis is bad and, um, and so, uh, until, you know, five years ago when I was hired to do the marketing for the, uh, cannabis, uh, companies up in Mendocino is when I first got into it. And also I am an injured triathlete and I was in the pain management program for, um, the, uh, under medical care of, uh, Kaiser and I was, um, told to consume 2,400 milligrams of ibuprofen for my sciatica because my inflammation was that bad. So I went from doing half Ironman to climbing, half dome to almost bedridden. And it was my only, uh, my only option was either that ibuprofen or surgery. And at the time I was on the, the cannabis side and I was taking the, the tincture and the topicals. And with the tincture, I was too high to function <laughs> uh, because I would wake up in the morning um, in pain. And so I couldn't really take that long term. And with the topical, it just didn't work for me. And two years ago, um, a friend had recommended CBD, and I didn't really know much about it, but it worked. It changed my life. And now I consume my, my tincture on a regular basis. And not only has it helped me with my sciatica, with my inflammation, but with my fibromyalgia as well. Wow, that's really amazing. So prior to becoming injured, you really didn't have much of an experience using cannabis. Is that correct? None. That's correct. 
Wow, that's amazing. And it had that <laughs> profound of an impact on your ability um, to heal your body. That is that what inspired you to start Malaya Botanicals? Yeah, it's for sure. Um, when I when he helped me, I went to go and and basically you know, find more information about it. So again, this was around 2018 when there wasn't a lot of um, a lot of information about cannabis in general, and you know, let alone CBD. And so I used the the resources that I had from the cannabis side. And also started attending CBD conferences um, in the you know, all over U.S. And so that's how I and also doing my own um, due diligence. So the more that I learned about the benefits of CBD, um, the more I you know got ideas on how uh, the different delivery methods uh, for people and some of the the products that I think that would help. Um, to be able to take advantage of the benefits of CBD. That's wonderful. That's a great story for your company there. And um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you became involved in the cannabis community because you came up to Mendocino to do some cannabis-related marketing. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, sure. So I had... A, uh, a friend slash client who decided to. So my background is marketing. So I'm a marketing consultant, and in, but it was in tech and real estate, and definitely not cannabis. <laughs> and um, so, but because of my marketing experience, he had uh, he was running a, dis, a delivery um, under Prop 215, and so he wanted uh, he hired me to do the um, to build his website, manage social media, things like that. And so while I was doing that, he was also getting ready um, to you know get his permit. He was building a uh, forty thousand square feet uh, grow in, up in Mendocino. And so just like with any startups, everybody kind of had to wear different hats, and so he needed help. With the uh, with the permitting, as you know, it's it's very um, comprehensive, and and, <laughs> and uh, so we all came, you know we all worked on that together. Um, we you know the waste management plan, security plan, things like that to get the uh, to get approved. And so once I was done um, with the delivery, I started helping him uh, with that up in Mendocino. Uh, he's actually in Willits. And also was invited to sit on the board of director for a small farmers association, initially to help with their marketing. But we saw that there was a more immediate need um, in hand with the with the whole, you know, getting them prepared for the uh, um, the adult use in 2018 with the per- whole permitting process. You had mentioned earlier that there were some cultural and religious and and sort of family barriers for you throughout your life that sort of contributed to you not having a relationship with cannabis prior to a few years ago. So how did you feel about working with the cannabis community? You know, was it surprising for you or did you feel surprised by the kinds of people that you met and what you saw? Did you have any trepidation about getting involved? Like, what was that experience like for you to first come into the cannabis community up here? Um, I mean, to be honest, at the beginning, I, I didn't tell a lot of people. I mean, it took me um, really three years to tell my, my parents what I did for a living. I mean, I told them I was doing marketing, but I didn't tell them for who. Um, 
And so it wasn't really until I got into CBD to explain to them what, what I was doing. But just like with anything, in order for me to market, I needed to learn about the industry. And because I didn't know anything about it, I did um, some research. And when I found out more information about um, the benefits of cannabis, the history, it actually, that's, that's when I knew I needed to add it. I needed to um, you know, to general market, uh, through education, and through my, my personal experience. And now my parents are my biggest um, advocates. I get phone calls from, from them almost on a weekly basis, um, either helping a, another family member or their friends um, about, the, you know, usage of, of CBD for either their pain or some other symptoms. And so... That's kind of what drives me, and this is what drives me now, too, is people about the benefits of helping them um, consume cannabis the proper way. Wonderful. So thank you for sharing so much about yourself so our listeners can just get a little bit of an idea about who you are and your story. Um, I would love to talk about Malaya Botanicals. Could you just tell us a little bit about your company and, you know, where you're located, what it's like, what kind of products you offer? just what your mission is, what your background is with the, with the business? Sure. Um, so as I mentioned before, when I first discovered CBD, um, it was the pain cream, and, you know, it helped with my, my pain for sure, but it was really the tincture that, that just blew me away and, and changed my life. And so when I started, it's basically, you know, Malaya Botanicals is a um, CBD, hemp CBD beauty and wellness products. Um, and so when I started to learn more about the benefits of it, I kind of came up with other products that would help with the different symptoms. Um, I initially, I essentially became the target. So at that time, you know, I had inflammation, fibromyalgia. In, in addition, I was going through, you know, perimenopausal symptoms and also uh, losing hair from the inflammation and stress. And so, uh, the, uh, in addition to the pain cream and tincture, I figured, and I love essential oils, I'm an aromatherapist, and so I, you know, decided to, I wanted to um, basically blend or infuse CBD with the essential oils and started doing a bit more research about it. Initially, I wanted it diffused, but as I did more research and found out that CBD is actually too heavy and cannot really diffuse in the air, it will just be wasted. And so, you know, I had to find a different delivery method to be able to utilize um, essential oils and CBD oil. That's how I came up with the with the roll-ons. It's so funny because my partner um, has been a long-term you know, um, user of, of cannabis and advocate. And so when I would tell him the, the products that I wanted to to either kind of formulate like the, the essential oil roll-ons and the hair care products, and he just kind of looked at me crazy <laughs> and said, "No, no, no! You, you do flowers and cartridge." And I was like, "No, it's wellness. I don't want to, you know, do so." And a year later, I started seeing the products that you know that I was carrying. All you know, not in Bed Bath Beyond, and their places. And- I remember he turned around. He's like, he's like, wow, you you knew, and I was like, yeah. And and I honestly, I don't know how it came up. It just kind of made sense to me. And so all the product line that 
that I curated is just really based on the, from my research of how CBD, uh, on the benefits of CBD. So I have, um, of course, a pain cream and tincture. Uh, we have pet treats. We have a full skincare line. We have different roll-ons um, to address a specific symptom, uh, typically stress and anxiety, um, uh, lack of focus, uh, headaches, and um, immunity, boost immunity. And my next one is going to be uh, balance. And I also have hair care and bath bombs, of course, and um, what else? And of course, I had to... Uh, I create a CBD massage candle. Like, who doesn't want to do that, right? <laughs> and so, and we are located, we have a brick and mortar in Alameda, California. Uh, we also have an online store, malayabotanicals.com. And on the weekends, we do about two to four events every weekend all over Bay Area. How do oh, you formulate oh. your products? Oh. Could you speak a little bit to that? Sure. So I, some of the products come from uh, different manufacturers, and some of the products I actually formulate with the formulator, and the rest of the products I formulate myself uh, based on my, my study and knowledge with uh, essential oils. And so do your products contain any THC, or are they only CBD? It does. So I do carry a full-spectrum, broad-spectrum, and isolate. And so for the products that you formulate yourself, I'm assuming that you acquire like a CBD extract and then you blend it with the oils that you're using or into a cream or something like that. Is, is that correct? Correct. Um, so we, I, we, I get my, uh, my CBD oil from a manufacturer and it's, uh, uh, so it's an also nano and uh, fully uh, bioavailable. And so with, you know, um, with nano, it just absorbs into the body much more efficiently and faster. Yeah. So something that I have um, been really interested in learning more about over the past few years is actually terpenes and how terpenes interact with THC and CBD and your own body chemistry to have almost as much of an effect on uh, your cannabis experience as the THC and the CBD do. And I'm just curious, is that something that plays any kind of role for you? Like when you source these extracts, these CBD extracts to use in your products, are you looking at any terpenes or is that maybe that's not really a part of your practice? You know, I know the terpenes that is very much uh, widely used in the, on the THC side. When I started a couple of years ago, I know that as popular or as looked, or I guess, how do I say, um, or as important um, in the uh, on the CBD side. But I noticed nowadays it is coming up more, especially when, you know, now they're getting more information um, about, you know, the, the hemp. They're coming up with the, you know, you're, you know, you're seeing the uh, additional cannabinoids that's coming out of the CBG, CBN. And I know specifically um, the farm that we're working with and also, you know, the, the, the company that I work with, the manufacturers, they're, they're playing around more with the different uh, strain and terpenes and, and, you know, blending the, the different, like a full spectrum and adding in more CBG or CBN. But I'm, um, I know that they're doing that, but I'm not, it's not something yet that I've incorporated into my into my, in my business. 
Cool. Thanks for answering that. So how many people work uh, with you at Malaya Botanicals? Is it a pretty small company? It is. So for the first, so we started a company uh, September 2018, but it actually didn't launch until uh, April 20, uh, 2019. So from September to April, all I did was basically you know, create the, the company, um, also did a lot of uh, product development and research. And so when we launched in April, so from April 2019 to about two months ago, it's just been me and my boyfriend would help um, on the weekends and in the evenings. Um, but just recently, my son and his girlfriend actually uh, moved uh, back to Northern California from SoCal to help me with the business. And so they're both working part-time. And I have a few friends who work also um at the store with me part-time one or two days just to help me out so that I can continue doing events on the weekends while they um, they manage the store for me. Well, that's really beautiful. So it sounds like you have a really nice, small, like family-focused business. And that is an yes, ethos that I really so. like to promote <laughs> and draw to on the Cannabis Hour. I talk a lot about small farms and family farms um, because we have a lot of those up here in Mendocino County as I'm sure you know from having um, worked up yeah. here. And when we had yeah, when we home with each other um, prior to this interview, uh, we talked a little bit about your background, your employment background before uh, you started Malaya Panicles and um, how we both shared sort of a similar ethos towards small businesses. So would you mind sh- just sharing your views about that with our listeners? just sharing your story a little bit about like what you did before Malaya Botanicals and how, how it's different and, you know, hopefully more satisfying to have your own small business. Yes. Um, so as, you know, as I mentioned before, I um, was in the tech industry. I was a marketing manager for um, about eight years. And then I was also in mortgage for about 15 and so being a, a woman, being a woman of color, it had not been an easy, um, I guess, you know, experience uh, for me. I've always had to um, work just a little bit harder or the opportunities are just not there because I'm, you know, because I'm a woman. I've always had to prove myself. And, um, and so, I mean, I, I did when I went to the, the cannabis side, I guess I got a little bit of that at the beginning, um, one, because not just because I'm a woman and, and a woman of color, but also because I did not, I, I was new to the industry. And so, you know, I, even though I, you know, I had to keep reminding, you know, everyone in the industry, I said, I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm not getting anything, you know, out of it. And uh, I, you know, I truly just want to help. And so, you know, after, you know, they see me uh, in all the events, I've been there for support when they needed me. And so after, you know, a period of time, I've gained their trust. And uh, um, and the, the small farmers on Mendocino have been near and dear to my heart. And, and even now that as I'm getting busier and more opportunities are coming up, I definitely... I'm always reminded about the, my roots and, and the reason why I'm doing this in the first place. Yeah, so 
that's interesting that you felt a little bit of like a pushback from the community when you first came in or a little bit of like a suspicion maybe towards you. Did you feel, were there any people that were allies to you right from the very beginning oh, no, that you felt sure. that sort of gave you a, you a hand? Yes. No, there were, of course, other organizations, um, they were happy um that you know, I was there to help. They knew that I was commuting from San Francisco uh, on a weekly basis, you know, just to just to be there and help and and be part of the community. And I I understood. I mean, a lot of these uh, farmers. I mean, they're you know, second, third, fourth generation farmers. You know, this is all they know. This is their bread and butter. And then the outsiders are you know came in or are coming in, and and they don't know you know what to think. And it was a very stressful. Um, time and there was a lot of um, things that were unknown. So I I, I understood, and so um, yeah. But no, definitely were people who were very, who showed very um, how much they appreciated my presence and my contribution. To this day, um, you know, they're still a, you know a big part of my my life, the the Canada community. That's great. So you still maintain a connection to farms and people and businesses up here in Mendocino? I do, up in Mendocino, and also I'm very involved in the East Bay Canada community as well, and I'm just getting more involved in San Francisco. I, I lived in San Francisco for eight years. I recently moved, I moved to Alameda a month ago. <laughs> and so uh, for a little bit, you know, I was helping with the, uh, with the social equity program in San Francisco. How do you feel about the cannabis community in Alameda? Does there seem to be one that's as strong as where you were previously? So funny enough, when I op- I actually opened the CBD store at the same time, the very first dispensary in Alameda opened up. <laughs> and the dispensary oh, two doors down for me. <laughs> and my friend slash landlord... I received the second um, the uh, dispensary license, and he's going to be opening up next year, and he will be next block for me. So I'm going to be between two dispensaries, <laughs> and so I know oh, I don't know all of it, but I know that it was a lot of pushbacks that happened when that first um, dispensary opened up. Um, and now I believe there are four dispensary, there are four dispensary licenses that were granted. One opened, one's opening um, in a few months, and then the other two should be opening up sometime next year. Well, so it's not as active in, or as busy I, as I, Oakland, no. but it's coming up. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, If you're just tuning in, I want to let you know that this is KZYX and you are listening to the Cannabis Hour. This is a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. I'm joined today by Pia Barton. She is the owner of Malaya Botanicals, which is a line of premium CBD products that is made in the East Bay. And we'll be continuing our great conversation in just a moment, because right now I would like to take this time to remind you of our quiet drive. You might be wondering, what is a quiet drive? 
Well, here at the station, we don't want to interrupt crucial programming at this time with a traditional fundraising drive um, that takes up a lot of airtime with the call-ins and everything like that. So we're doing something a little different this year. It's called a quiet drive, um, but with the same goal, the hope of raising enough money to meet our budget goal and continue the station. KZYX is committed, as you know, to covering emerging stories and delving into the details of what's happening right now by bringing you the voices of people in our community who have that information. This vital news coverage, as well as our essential music service, is made possible through community support. So if you're a member of KZYX, thank you. Your support ensures local journalism, statewide and national coverage, and an informed public, something that benefits us all. So help us sustain this community resource, please. It's a really important time for us all to be well informed. KZYX is bringing you reliable information about the coronavirus, facts from local healthcare professionals, and information about schools, as well as the census, fires, and other emergency coverage, and resources that are available to our community. You depend on reliable information so that you can make informed decisions. We're able to bring you this important coverage thanks to the generosity of listeners who gave during earlier fundraisers. Please join them and join our KZYX community. Just to let you know, our approximate costs to run KZYX include $1.50 per minute, $80 per hour, and $1,915 per day. So if you would like to contribute to these costs, please send us a check. Um, you can send it to Post Office Box 904. Philo, California, 95466. You can visit our website at kzyx.org and give using the donate button. And you can also just give us a call at 895-2324 during business hours. We have some really great thank you gifts available. Those include KZYX masks, bandanas, tote bags, emergency solar crank-powered radios, and more. You can view these thank you gifts on our website. And again, that's kzyx.org. So if you'd like to donate, again, you can send a check to Post Office Box 904, Philo, California, 95466. You can visit our website at kzyx.org. Or you can give us a call. And that number, again, is 707 895 Two three two four during business hours, and we'll help you figure out the best way to give your donation. And if you've already donated, thank you so much for being a member of KZYX. Okay, so I'm here with Pia. We're talking about Malaya Botanicals, which is her line of premium CBD products. And yesterday, Pia, when we were doing our little chat before the interview, we were just talking about products that you were really excited about. And and something that you brought up was CBD shampoo and conditioner, and I think like a hair tonic. 
that you make. And I was really interested in this because as much as I'm involved in the cannabis world with this radio show and I'm a cannabis cultivator as well, I had no idea that such a thing existed. (laughs) Um, And you said that it was one of the products you were the most excited about. So I was wondering if you would just tell us a little bit more about that that product. Uh, Sure. So I actually don't make it. It it does come from a manufacturer who infused it uh, who infused the CBD into the um, to their recipe, and so what it was was I was at the time when I first started one of the issues I was having because of the inflammation uh, was I was losing um, I had a lot of hair loss, and it um, so it, when I was reading about CBD and 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 so and I was hair loss they said that if the CBD was or if the hair loss was caused by stress, inflammation, um, imbalance, you know, which makes sense because all those symptoms are, you know, helps are managed by CBD. Then CBD can help um, promote hair growth. So, you know, so I didn't just based on the uh, research that I've done, but since I've, you know, I've had um, customers buy this, I've had, you know, pretty astounding testimonials from my customers. Um, one of them has uh, alopecia, and uh, and she said that her, basically her scalp is, you know, always, she's always, it's always itchy, like 24-7. And the, she, I actually met her um, at the, the Art and Wine Festival, and at that time she only bought the serum. And she said right away, the um, as soon as she applied the serum onto her scalp, the you know the the itch went away, and she, since then she's bought uh, hair care products on a regular basis. She comes to the shop and shows me how uh, how long her hair is growing, and how much um, people have noticed that her hair has grown. And uh, more recently, I have a friend who just went through chemo, and. Um, he started using the hair care products after he lost uh, most of his hair, and he started just taking pictures and using the, that progress and sending it to friends. Um, and I just recently found out that he was actually doing that, and I didn't realize. Um, I haven't seen him in, in a while, in probably almost a year since the pandemic, and his hair has grown so much. He's going to send me a testimonial and also pictures of of how much our hair care products has, has helped him um, since uh, he finished chemo. Wow, that's amazing. And I love uh, what you have to say about that customer who has alopecia coming back into your shop and showing you how much her hair has grown because that's something that is so important, I think, to cannabis and the cannabis community is the way that cannabis really creates connections between people. It's really unique in that way, I think. Do you have other sure. relationships that that you have created with customers around your product that have felt meaningful to you? Uh, yeah, I, I have lots of stores. Actually, it's it's even more so now that I I've, since I opened a store, it's definitely one of one of the main re- one of the main reasons is in a community, and so um, since I've opened the store, I have people come. Even non-customers who uh, bring their their tinctures or their CBD products and and have me explain how to use 
um, the products because you know they bought it online. They didn't have anybody to teach them, and or they went to a, a dispensary and you know was you know helped by a bud tender. Maybe didn't explain it as well, and so I kind of created a um, a community within Alameda where you know people can you know come and ask me questions or just need more information uh, about C- CBD or cannabis and hemp really. And so one other um, um, story that, that I had recently is our, our pet teacher. So we had a guy who, came, who was actually on his way to SBCA to put his dog down. Um, his dog has, uh, has, been, has had seizures and wasn't drinking or eating or, or barely moving. And he stopped by... Um, the store and decided to try one more time and, and bought the teacher. Um, and on a Saturday, he came back on a Tuesday and asked for another bottle of the teacher. And he said that his dog was actually, you know, hasn't had a seizure since and started eating and moving a little bit. And by Thursday, he brought his dog to the store and I was able to see him. And he looked. He did not even look sick. And it just, you know, <laughs> I've been in the industry for a bit, and it never ceased to amaze me. Still, you know, I know I'm in the right place. Um, you know, when I get phone calls or, or people come in and tell me how much um, the, my products have helped them. Wow, that's really incredible about the dog. Um... I similarly had used CBD for my own dog at a point where he was having extreme pain. And it was incredible the difference that it made in his well-being and his ability to heal. So I agree it's also great for pets. And that's something that's really important for people to know. It's such a safe product. Um, You can give it to your animals and you can consume it yourself without having to worry about you know, an overdose or something like that or like negative effects on your, your body like you can get from huge amounts of ibuprofen and stuff like you had mentioned that you had to do earlier. And yeah, what you have to say about your community is so beautiful. And and again, it's really like the essence of the cannabis community in my mind is the way that people come together in these little, little ways and just help each other know how to consume medicine or or do it in a way that's going to be more effective for them. And when we spoke before, you had talked talked about how education and advocacy were two things that were really important to you and really near and dear into your heart with Malaya Botanicals. Would you speak a little bit about what you do um, to promote education and advocacy with your CBD products? Um, Sure. So before I opened the store, I was actually um, doing a workshop in the Filipino community in, in San Francisco. So in San Francisco, uh, Soma, South Market, is actually officially Soma Pilipinas, which is a Filipino community in San Francisco. Um, and so there's still a lot of apartments there uh, where a lot of the, um, the some of the, the first Filipinos that, 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 you know, arrived in the Philippines or their family. And so their senior homes... Um, with the um, mostly Filipinos in there, and so I was actually doing a lot of workshops and 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 education on how CBD can help them with their pain. 
And so now my my store, I only the storefront itself only occupies a few hundred square feet in a fifteen hundred square feet um, store. And I kept the back open um, because my plan was to provide a space for education and workshop um, about the seed sale and, and both cannabis and CBD and and also inviting different practitioners to talk about um, different modalities to help with wellness. And so because of the pandemic, I'm not able to do that for, for a while. And so I have a little room um in the retail front, and so my plan is to make that into an educational room where I'm going to have a monitor set up and do different videos about cannabis and also brochures and information. So when people come into the store, there's going to be like a little resource center um, if they want more information about cannabis. And I've also done conferences. Uh, uh, um, I actually flew, I was invited to be one of the um, the panelists in the hotel industry conference in New York, um, and we talked about how to integrate cannabis into the hotel industry. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was educating the people in the, in the hotel and how they can, um, how they can benefit, how their, their company can benefit from cannabis. Well, that's really interesting, and I definitely want to talk more about that in just a moment. But really quick, I wanted—I feel like this is a pretty natural moment to for you to explain to our listeners what is the meaning of the word behind Malaya in your name, Malaya Botanicals. I know it has a special meaning to it. It does. So Malaya in Tagalog, it means free or freedom, and so... When I was trying to keep, you know, trying to think of a name, um, my friend had asked me, you know, what what does this this company mean to you? And um, and so I was telling her, basically free, free from um, pain or or the sickness that I was going through. And um, you know, it was just it was just kind of fitting, and I wanted to incorporate my you know my Filipino heritage in there somehow. Um, and so that's how I came up with the name. And actually, my logo, the stem of the flower, is the is our original alphabet before the Spaniards conquered us. Um, and it's called Baybayin. So it looks like a stem, but it's actually the word Malaya in our original alphabet. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. I didn't know that, but I'm actually looking at your logo right now and I can see those characters down at the bottom of the flower there and it's very beautiful, natural look. That's really wonderful how you incorporated your heritage into the name of your business. And something else that I wanted to make sure talked about today was just what your experience is like as a person of, of Filipino descent and just how you had said that the relationship with cannabis in that community is complicated. Um, and I was wondering <laughs> yes. if you would take the yes. to speak to us a little bit. So Filipinos are, are especially very, very religious. And that's, again, that's from the, um, you know, from, from the, the, what we see from the, the Spaniards, from the you know, colonial the colonization of the Philippines and um, 
And so Catholicism is basically has become you know, a lot of our culture or our our homies come from you know from from that from the religion. And so you know the church telling you you know cannabis is, is a drug, it's bad and um, and then I come here in the United States um, when I was 11 and it's the same thing. there's the two things that my parents, basically instilled in, in me and my siblings, or in me, particularly being the only daughter and the eldest, um, is don't do drugs and don't get pregnant. <laughs> I did both. <laughs> and so um, and so I honestly didn't think, like when I was, Creating my marketing plan, my marketing strategies. Um, honestly, the Filipino community was not what I had planned on targeting. Okay. When I first started, the Filipino community is who embraced me. Um, I ended up at that time. I. My sphere of influence, my my closest friends, my closest family members, all work nine to five corporate. Um, it wasn't really encouraged for Filipinos to be entrepreneurs, just because they want to, uh, you know more stability. Because you know being a third world, it's like it's you know it's the stability is what's most important. This is why we come to the United States. And so my, you know, my, my parents, my mom particularly, she would cry and she's like, please don't leave a corporate job. It's going to be hard to be an entrepreneur. And, um, and I did not have mentors um, other than my schooling. I, my, my major is in business at San Francisco State 30 years before. Uh, other than that, and I didn't really have anybody to mentor me on, on how to start a business or how to do this, and um, it was the the Filipino community, particularly a group called Pinayista. So Pinay means Filipina. Um, it was initially called Entrepinay, so Entrepreneur Pinay. That it w- when I first started, that group had started too, and and it was the same concept where starting a community to help Pinays, particularly who either wants to start a business. And for the people who's already are entrepreneurs to mentor um, other PNIs who are uh, wanting to start a business. And that was my very first, um, that's kind of how I got all my, my knowledge and resources about this business. And, and because of that, of course, my community, in, you know, in, within that community is who's helped me with my business, especially when I had opened the store February 8th, and exactly a month later, we had to shut down. And so all my marketing efforts were marketing the store, and I had to pivot to marketing the online store. And the, the Filipino community and my friends and family were the ones that um, supported Malaya and bought products uh, through our online store March and April, and our online sales in March and April surpassed my total online sales in 2019 and all from the community and family and friends. So, Oh, um, wow. So I have no. several questions. Yes. 
several questions <laughs> from what you just said. So you had to close your store and that was because of COVID? Yes. Okay. And so I'm sure that was, was very hard. Very. <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't, I was probably um, in shock for about a week. You need to figure out, you know, what to do. Um, and also trying to navigate, you know, with this, with this, um, you know, with COVID that nobody really knew about. And, um, and so we, you know, that's why, so we just, you know, decided to focus on, on, um, on our online store and other Filipino businesses who are within my community, you know, started doing the same. And so we started collaborating. So the Filipino restaurants who are, you know, my friends are the owners, the desserts, the, the, um, Filipino owned um, the clothing store and things like that. We started to do some collaboration from from basically April uh, to now. We're still doing you know collaborative work, just trying to survive. And again, it's the Filipino community that that stepped up and um, part of the reason that I'm still in business really. And so um, I definitely um, give back and and they're in a very uh, close to, you know, to my business. So you guys all kind of came together <laughs> to help each other survive, like. What's that? Say that again, Jen. Uh, so you, you, in your Filipino community, when COVID impacted your ability to do business, you all kind of came together to promote each other in these alternative ways to help each other's businesses survive. Is that correct? That's correct. We actually, I joined, uh, we, co- we joined force and um, we started the, uh, the Philippi- uh, Filipinos feed front lines. So we raised $100,000 um, and with that $100,000, we um, bought food from the, com- from the Filipino restaurants in the area and, and gave food and fed the, the front lines in the, the hospital in the surrounding, in the Bay Area, Peninsula, East Bay, San Francisco. And so um, I also donated my sales for uh, March and April towards that um, nonprofit. Mm, that's absolutely wonderful to hear that. And I am hoping that most of the businesses in your community have been able to survive. Um, do you think that they have been? able to make it so far most have yes most have there's been a few that did not the majority um did considering a lot of them also just started their business within the last uh six months when covid happened wow so because of this community that was also newly formed you know definitely came at the right time and help us get through um the pandemic Absolutely. Community is so powerful. And I love to hear that story because it again reminds me of just the ethos of cannabis bringing people together and helping communities in some sorts of ways that are special and magical. And um, something else that I wanted to ask you about in terms of what you just spoke about was the reaction that your family had to you breaking away and starting your own business, they were upset, your mom was crying, like, please don't leave your corporate job. And I think that a lot of people in the cannabis community have had 
those sorts of like strained family relations over their cannabis use. Would you mind talking about that a little bit more? Um, sure. So, well, I think in just general, my, my parents just you know wanted me, you know, as a parent, of course, we want our our children to be to you know succeed or be uh, you know comfortable and not struggle. You know, she she just knows that um, being a self you know being an entrepreneur is, is going to be tough, and, and it it is. I mean, I've worked almost every day, um, twenty hour, fifteen to twenty hours a day, <laughs> and so it's definitely not for the faint of heart, um, but. You know, it's you know. I, again, I just go back to the, the my roots and and figure out this is you know, th- you know my reason for for doing this. And so, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Can you see your question again? <laughs> Problem, and I'll even expand on it a little bit. Um, okay. I just wanted you to speak on that reaction to you wanting to start your own business, but not only. Are you leaving your nice, comfortable corporate job and you're starting um, your own business? You're starting a business that is based on cannabis. And something that we had talked about when we spoke on the phone was just the really strong stigma on cannabis in the Philippines. So I'm I'm oh, guessing yeah. that probably like played a role there. And would you just talk about how that was like with you and your family and also maybe tell our listeners who might not know just how incredibly stigmatized cannabis is in the Philippines. Yeah. So I'm actually, my, my parents didn't know that I was going to the cannabis until I was already in it three years. So initially my, my parents were just more or uh, afraid of the struggle of being in and not having stability. And so but before I told them what I was doing, I was already kind of telling them about the benefits of cannabis. I would send them links. I would talk about it. And um, and, then I, and then finally, after a few years, I told them what I did, and I showed them some products, and, and I've told sold some stories of the people that helped. And my dad was more open about it. Um, my mom, um, it took and. But recently, my mom had um, broke out, like she had some skin issues and didn't know what it was. So the doctor met, uh, prescribed her some topicals and it didn't work. And it was actually the body butter that I had um, that helped her. My mom hadn't been sleeping for three weeks because it was so itchy that she would be she would stay awake and she hadn't slept. And um, it was our, my body butter that helped her. And uh, now she she buys it on a regular basis, and of course, you know she tells her friends about it. But um, also, in so I'm trying to help um, bring or legalize cannabis in the Philippines. And so the currently that the the president opposes just drugs in general, and um, cannabis is is under that to a point where you know there's a you know, where if somebody is caught either selling or consuming, he they arrest they arrest them, punish them, they behead them. 
So it's not, you know, drugs in the Philippines is definitely not something you want to bring. And so, but I, we feel, I feel like it's just because it's lack of education, just like, you know, with everything else, like even with me. It wasn't until I started to, you know, do my own research and educate myself on it that, you know, find out all the, the benefits of cannabis. And so I joined this group who created a Facebook page um, trying to advocate um, and educate the Filipinos in the Philippines about cannabis in general. And so that's, and so hopefully um, once the uh, cannabis is legalized in the Philippines, I definitely would like to bring CBD into, into my to the Philippines. That is so cool. So your Facebook page that you created for the um, education around cannabis for people who live in the Philippines, are there lots of yeah, members? It, it, like, are it's people, not me. Uh, people are really... Yeah, it's actually the, the group. Oh, okay. I, I didn't okay. create the Facebook page. And what is page. the name of it? <laughs> um, but yes, they, they, started, they started that Facebook page last April and there's over 100,000 people in there already. Oh, wow. So people are really looking for this information there. And what is the name of that um, Facebook page? It is called, it is mostly in Tagalog, though. Um, it's called, I'm looking at, Speedy Boy Productions. Okay. So Speedy Boy Productions so, for anybody out yeah, there that he, might so want to check out. Grows. Yeah, it, it is like, in Tagalog, but there are some English um, content as well. Um, they did a live interview with me, so I, I'm on there also on the CBD side. Okay, awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you for doing such a great job bringing education to your community. That's not easy, and it's awesome that you have found a way through this group to reach people in another place, you know, very far away, and bring them um, some really good information that's probably a lot more accurate and factual than what they get from propaganda or just like stuff on the street. We all know that's, sure. that's what happens with cannabis in communities <laughs> where it's stigmatized. The information that people get is just like not correct. Yes. And yeah, so I knew, you know, firsthand with my parents, um, you know, after I told them a little bit more about it and send them links and they did their own research and how I've changed their perception and, um, and how much it changed their, their lives as well. And so I know for sure. And, you know, on a daily basis when customers come to the store and, and they tell them how much I help them. So I know that I'm in the right place. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, this has been such a great and interesting conversation to have with you. And I'm sorry to say that we're actually reaching the end of our show just always sneaks up. So I want to give you the last few minutes here to just promote yourself, tell our listeners where they can purchase the amazing products of Malaya Botanicals. Um, if you have any events coming up, not sure what that's like with COVID, but the floor is yours for the next couple minutes here with just anything you'd like to say to wrap up our conversation together. Uh, sure. So we, our, our online store is uh, malayabotanicals.com. Our Instagram is malayabotanicals. And our brick and mortar is in Alameda, California, 1542 Webster Street. And we are we have a few events coming up on the 7th. On November 7th, we're going to be at Sebastopol at Head West. 
and Maker's Market in Santana Row, and also Head West in the Ferry Building in San Francisco. You can also find our products in other CBD stores, and also there's going to be uh, Malaya products in nail salons uh, if you want CBD pedicure, and also in spas if you want CBD facials or be using Malaya products as well. Oh, cool. And I'm guessing people can find the information for those places that will be offering those services on your website? That's correct. Great. Well, Pia, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so awesome to learn more about the Filipino community and, you know, the juncture of that in cannabis and to learn more about Malaya Botanicals and more about you. And I want to congratulate you on being someone who is in business, who's not only surviving through COVID, it sounds like you're thriving. So good job (laughs) and keep it up. (laughs) And I want to thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I want to thank our listeners also for tuning in today. This has been another edition of The Cannabis. I'll be back two weeks from today with another show for you all. So thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget about The Quiet Drive, um, kzyx.org to donate or give us a call um, or send us a check. You can find all that information at kzyx.org. And I will be back again in two weeks. Have a beautiful day and happy Halloween.